In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, Lamb of God, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth in our lives, as it is in heaven, as You have written it in the book of life. So may it be done in each and every one of our lives. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to help us reflect on eternity tonight and your eternal plan for all of us, your destiny for all of us, and how you have called each and every one of us to participate in your eternal plan to reconcile all things with the Father through you and with you and in you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Mother Mary, we crown you the queen of our prayer here tonight. You are the mother of the church, the queen of heaven. And we know that you walk with us through time on our way to eternity. And so we pray, Hail Mary, Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Christ our King. Mary, Queen of Apostles, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to read from... Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Then I saw, this is John, the apostle writing. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Jesus is the one who said it. I make all things new. And as we reflect tonight on eternity, we ask God to help us have a greater longing for heaven and for a greater understanding and awareness that heaven is our true home. That he remove any fear of death that we might have. Heaven is our Heaven will be our ultimate healing as well. What a beautiful description there. 
And that's just the things that he's taking away. <laughs> the tears, the pain, the sorrow. It's all going to be taken away. There will be no more, there'll be no more friction. There'll be no more awkwardness. No more fear, anxiety, hunger, thirst. Nothing of the sort. I heard somebody describe heaven as a perfect balance between joy and rest. A perfect balance. Perfect harmony of joy and rest. So that you'll be able to appreciate the one after the other. Forever and ever and ever. And it'll just keep getting better and better. Your rest will be better and more sound and your joy will be greater and greater. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> and we'll just celebrate every act of love. Jesus says in the gospel, even a cup of cold water that you give in my name will not go without its reward. So, He's a man of his word, right? So every little act of charity that you've all done all throughout your lives will be celebrated for all eternity. I like to say that you're making your own soundtrack. So it will reverberate. Every act of love will reverberate for all eternity. And you could... You can be sure that the love that we shared here in these days composed a beautiful song that we'll all get to listen to for all eternity. In heaven, we'll all have our own soundtrack. And this song will be on your soundtrack in heaven as a special song that you made here with one another this week. And then obviously the the times that you've spent with your loved ones, those will be many songs, I'm sure. With your children, with your friends, you'll have these special songs that you'll get to sing together for all eternity. And there'll be perfect harmony. Nobody will be out of tune. Everyone will have a beautiful voice in heaven. <laughs> And you'll just get to go around then and enjoy everybody else's soundtrack. And that's the goodness of God. Because even the person, the greatest of sinners who gets into heaven by the skin of their teeth, even they will have a soundtrack. And they'll get to go around heaven and say, here's my soundtrack. And we'll love to have that person over to our house in heaven and to listen to his sound. And then we'll all rejoice in that with him. The billions and billions of people that we'll get to meet. At the final judgment, you get to see how your acts of charity reverberated and affected people for generations. That'll be pretty awesome. And, you know, people who haven't repented of their sin and done the, the penance for their sin will see how their sins affected people for generations. It's all going to be made known. The good news is that we can 
make reparation for our sins during this lifetime. And that's the beautiful thing about divine mercy, too. Whatever negative effects our sins may have had on others through divine mercy, those get gobbled up. As we repent for those sins and make reparation for those sins and keep entrusting ourselves to divine mercy, he does away with the negative effects. Pretty cool, huh? Thank you, Jesus. That's why he says to Faustina, those who are devoted to his divine mercy and become apostles of his divine mercy, they're not even going to be judged. He will stand before the Father on your behalf and say, she's good. <laughs> So that's why we encourage divine mercy so much. And I thought it would be helpful, too, to reflect on Jesus' last words from the Last Supper. His last words from the Last Supper. John chapter 17. His high priestly prayer. Where he prayed for unity. Because heaven will be perfect unity. Let's read some of this. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him power over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. Take note that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's eternal life. That's heaven, to know God, to know the Father and the one he sent, Jesus Christ. How? Through the Holy Spirit. That's heaven. It's a relationship. It's not a place. That's why I said our goal as Christians is not to get to heaven. It's to have a relationship with the Lord. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. With the Holy Spirit. Whenever you read glory in chapter 17, just think Holy Spirit. I've manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. We could say that about all of you here tonight. Listen to this. I've manifested your name to the women whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. The Father gave you to Jesus as his beloved, as his bride. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words which you gave me. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. The importance of the word. Remember, we've been emphasizing that. Because when you get to heaven and if Jesus asks you, hey, did you read my book? 
You know. <laughs> All those love letters that I wrote to you, did you, did, did you ever read them? <laughs> I am praying for them. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. So Jesus is praying for you. For they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I'm glorified in them. Jesus is glorified in you. Jesus is glorified in you. How awesome is that? And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. That's his prayer, that they be one, that you all be one, one in, in love, one in the Holy Spirit. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He wants you to have his joy. He wants you to have his Holy Spirit. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You see that? See how important that is? That you abide in his word. His word is truth and the truth will set you free. So that you remember that you are not of the world. You are from God and you're going back to God. As you sent me into the world, dynamic of God's dynamic love, so I have sent them into the world. He's sending you out. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be consecrated in truth. And he allows himself, so to speak, to be consecrated again and again by his priests on the altar every day. All throughout the day. I do not pray for these only, these apostles, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. He prayed for you at the Last Supper. He prayed for you. He prayed for us. And he knew that we would be here tonight. On March 10th, 2022, he knew that we would be here. And he said to himself, I'm going to be there. I want to be there. I want to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. I want to consecrate them in the truth. I want to implant my word in their hearts and in their minds so that it may bear fruit, so that they may be one. Father, I desire that they also, 
whom you have given me may be with me where I am. You see that? God wants you with him. God desires that you are with him. That eros, that ache. To behold my glory, which you have given me in your love for me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Wow. He wants to be in you and with you. He wants his love to be in you. Jesus, we pray for that tonight. As I lay hands on these daughters of the Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon them, that they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Eternity. You were made for it. As I like to say at funerals, death is absurd. And we all know it. Death is absurd. Because God created us for eternity. He created us for himself. And he is eternal. So, Lord, help us to set our sights on eternity and to know that every little act of love that we participate in helps to make your kingdom come and is a foretaste, then, of heaven, of eternity. Love is eternal. What does St. Paul say? Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Why? Because in heaven, you don't need faith. Because that which we had to believe in here on earth is now seen. In heaven, there's no hope. Because that which you hoped for is now realized. It's possessed. So that just leaves love. Right? Celebration. Communion. Honor. Glory. So in preparation for this prayer, Luke 12, 49. Luke 12, 49. Let's hear it right from the mouth of Jesus. I came to cast fire upon the earth and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. He wants to set our hearts on fire. And as St. Catherine of Siena said, if you are what you should be, you will set the world ablaze. Right? And John Paul II said that to Regnum Christi members back in the day. If you are what you should be, you will set the world ablaze. If you are what God created you to be, his light in the world, on fire with God's love. And finally, we can read from Acts 
chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But they must have appeared to be drunk or acting like drunks, right? But they were intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Sober intoxication with the Holy Spirit. So we pray tonight. We pray for one another. What we can do is I'll set up a chair here and feel free to come forward. You don't have to come forward, but feel free to come forward. And I'll lay hands on you. And from your own chair, you can just raise a hand if you want and blessing over your, your sister. But I'll just lay my hands on each one of you right before the Blessed Sacrament here. And we'll just pray as the music plays for that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon each one of us here tonight. Amen.